Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I could talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid, just walk with your Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica, and I'm your host. Tonight is June 5th, 2012. I want to welcome everybody to my show tonight. And this show is dedicated to Ryan Oglum, who is a blogger who um, sadly uh, took his life on June 1st. And uh, I hope that we have some callers I'm going to do a 45-minute show, 818-475-9211, 818-475-9211. One of the things that I'd like to talk about is um, building w- why this happens and um, the kind of things that Ryan was told uh, when he went to um, a really uh, dogmatic AA rehab. I forget the name of it, but I, I was trying to find all his old emails that he sent me. I think he posted them. But I did not have time to go all the way to stinking thinking and, you know, dig up that stuff. I want to just let everybody know if this is your uh, first time listening in. Ryan was a guest on my show November 1st of 2011 um, after his sister had committed suicide. Really tragic. Um, they're, they're both in their early 20s. She committed suicide on September 11th of 2011. He found Stinking Thinking blog and Orange Papers soon after that and wound up on my show when he told me the story and how upset he was about what he was preached and what he was told. Um, Welcome, everybody, to the show. Um, One of the things that I did was I put it up, because Stinking Thinking is gone, uh, I wanted to, you know, put up... um, somewhere where people could, so I went to the Orange Papers forum and I posted uh, that uh, Ryan had committed suicide. So there were a lot of people that said a lot of nice things, and um, I did want to say that if any trolls begin to say anything at all derogatory about him or anyone else, I'm going to delete the thread over there. I'm just not going to stand for it. Um, He... When he was on my show last year, some sick um, AA member called in 
and said something very horrific to Ryan about his sister. Anyway, um, the number here is 818-475-9211. One of the things that uh, touched me most about Ryan was um, really how articulate he was and how, uh, I think, sensitive and um, highly intelligent and felt like what he was told was wrong. He initially wanted to um, file complaints and charges against the rehab we, he attended. Uh, he and I talked about, you know, different ways to file complaints in the Attorney General's office, which I certainly have already done, both my husband and I, uh, about Alcoholics Anonymous in New York, um, filing complaints against any rehab or business. You can do it at the Attorney General's office. Uh, just as a, a little plug for this, um, the more people that do it, better things are going to be. Um, so you could file a complaint at in your state where the rehab or treatment center is, and then if you have just a complaint about Alcoholics Anonymous in general, I highly re- recommend that you do it to the New York State because that's where their uh, nonprofit headquarters is. Go to the State Attorney General link. It's such an easy thing. You print out, it's two pages, you mail it, and... Um, uh, it's something I did that made me feel really, really empowered. Um, so Jimmy called me from uh, uh, Mike Blaine Denial, um, and I was going to record something, but I—I I mean, I did record something that he had to say, um, but I couldn't get it together technically. So hopefully, he's going to be on the show um, either next week or the week after. One of the things that I wanted to read some of the stuff uh, that Ryan. Uh, let me see. I, I printed out some of the things that he wrote. Uh, this is actually to that he wrote back to Blaine uh, that Ryan wrote. said, uh, here, thanks so much for your post. This is to Mike Blaine Denial. I left AA a month ago after coming to a lot of the same conclusions. I, too, went through a year-long 12-step treatment center. I left there scared and frightened. I was not validated for any of my feelings one second while I was there. I couldn't get angry or show too much interest in anything other than AA. On September 11th of this year, my sister took her own life. She was such a beautiful and loving girl. She was 25. I am 24. She was in AA for over five years and married to a stepper. She divorced him for very valid reasons, which I won't go into, and was harassed by her old sponsor and friends, in quotes, and even by her family members in AA. She felt so guilty after this, I know. She was going to be a lawyer and used and used to teach disenfranchised kids in inner-city schools. Before her death, she was not going to meetings. She received so much criticism and verbal abuse from a lot of members. No one wanted to talk to her anymore, and I am ashamed to say it, including me. She was hurting so bad. I did have some great conversations with her before her death, which really opened my mind. Her old AA friends threw a memorial service for her at her old home group. I did not want to go, but I went anyway. Seeing them cry and talk about how much they missed her made me so sick, but I haven't told anyone that. I am still grieving. I would love to hear from you. Click on my name, and it will take you to my blog on suicide in AA. I put a couple of posts up, but had to take a break. There are so many mixed emotions of betrayal and self-doubt that it has been hard for me to work on it. Additionally, I want to move on with my life. Good luck. Thanks again and hope to hear from you. Um, 
and so that was uh, in response. And so we have a caller on the line. Let me just see. Hi, caller, you're on the line. Hi, Monica. Hey, how you doing? Hi, I managed to stay up. I thought I thought it was more important than me having to go to sleep. <laughs> so I uh, I uh, I just wanted to uh, to call in and actually say what I'd said to you before. And the, the first thing I'd like to say, uh, far more important than anything else, is that I thought Ryan had a tremendous amount of courage to um, speak about what he did speak about. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a long time since, and I've been doing this. Um, just for those of you that don't know, I'm the founder of Blame Denar and uh, Blame Denar, which uh, have a few hits, I suppose. But mm-hmm. all that pales into insignificance uh, when I heard the news earlier today about Ryan. I mean, his courage far supersedes mine, I think, because he was talking from a very personal um, point of view, and I just want to remember him, and I want to also say that I I believe personally that you gave him the voice that he otherwise wouldn't have had, and mm. uh, you should also be given some credit for that. Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we talked a little bit uh, before, and one of the things uh, we talked about is if you how psychologically and mentally he was. Uh, that it really didn't fit with him, with Ryan. And we were talking about... Yeah, well, I wasn't entirely sure of his background. I just understood his passion. Um, It's very hard to understand exactly where someone's coming from when you only get sort of half an hour of what they have to say. Right, right. But from what I gather, his his sister was in AA, is that right? And she committed suicide and he was trying to find answers. She was Um, in AA and she... um, Left AA or you know broke up with a guy who was um, I guess a major a stepper and uh, when she did that they ostracized her which they which they do and um, yeah. so and he, he was just being a good brother standing up for her and trying to find out what's going on must be awful terrible mm-hmm, terrible mm-hmm. and uh, and I get, uh, any I mean how do you have any idea how his family are doing are they okay no, I guess they're not obviously. No, I mean I spoke. I only spoke to his father, and he was. Um, I was really appreciative. He even took my call. He sent me an email through Ryan's old email. That's how I got the message uh, the night before last. And then it was. I guess it was Sunday night. And then I called, and said, you know, can you please tell me when? Because I I kind of want, really wanted to know when because I had been feeling really really strange for two days. And um, so I guess in these situations, Monica, I suppose you wonder whether you helped or you didn't. And I, I can guarantee you that the AA people will tell you that you didn't, but I can tell you that you did, because I listened to that phone call. And it didn't matter about the person that called in and was vile and disgusting about his sister. Mm-hmm. The fact was he had a voice, and he was able to talk, and he had someone that was listening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know when you when you put things out there, when people are going to listen to you, you also have to understand that it's going to come the other way. You know, people are going to say things detrimental towards you. But that's part of the the experience of sharing, isn't it? Well, if yeah, it's real, if I, it's real. I, I think so. I, I think so. I do think that um, I'm really really grateful now because now his voice is recorded, and uh, we can go back and listen to that November first. Uh, 
episode, and you can hear it here on iTunes, and I'm going to listen to it again. I, I put it on the other day uh, as soon as I found out and was just listening to his voice. But um, it, he he didn't know how to speak. The only thing I'm sorry I didn't do was cut and paste his Stepping on Suicide blog. Even the front page was so amazing, what he wrote about suicide in AA. And, uh, but, I don't but he, he wrote that based on his sister's suicide, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So there's no indication, really. I mean, it's you can look back at these things forensically and say, "Well, should I have done this? Should I have done that? Did we do the right thing?" And all you can do is be compassionate. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah. you were. I, I honestly do think you were, Monica. I really do. Which is why I took the time out earlier today to call you. I don't often call you. You can tell your viewers I don't often call you, but I made a no, point of calling you. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't often call me. He doesn't often call me. But he did call me today, and it really it really um, made me feel better, and he made me laugh. And uh, he also said something, which um, I hope we could, uh, we could tell the listeners. When, when I say to you, well, um, if I went to AA and I said, you know, this doesn't work, and um, or this is like a 1935 you know, really old uh, old way that's not been updated. And so um, I want you to know that you can be empowered and not powerless and you're not sick and you're not broken. And they're going to say, well, there is nothing else. And then I want to say to right. you, so what, you so, what do I say to them? Yeah. Well, what do you say? To, well, I don't know what you say to them, really, because <laughs> they're probably beyond help. But I think what you're trying to say to me is that uh, AA is the only way. And if you are challenging us, you have to come up with an alternative. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you don't have an alternative, then don't challenge us. Right. But my analogy would be to use the slave trade. So uh, being someone from England, I'm fairly familiar with the slave trade and very ashamed of it. But we cannot, we couldn't have got rid of the slave trade if we had waited for something to replace it. Mm-hmm. You know. All the people and those poor people that cleaned houses and you know plowed the fields and stuff. We, we, if we had said, well, what are we going to do if we abolish the slave trade? Because there's going to be no one to do this work. It's kind of like saying, well, AA doesn't work, but it's there. It's the only thing. So how do we replace it? And until we replace it, it must stay. It doesn't mean it works. It just means it's there mm-hmm. and it takes something and someone or a movement truly brave to change something like that we need to get rid of AA and risk what happens after that we don't need to replace it we just need to get rid of something that doesn't work the efficacy is proven that it doesn't work AA has no efficacy it doesn't work mm-hmm. 5% success rate well, I think it's even lower than that. I mean, if if you could, you know... Yeah, but the 5% who's... success rate, Monica, is, is in line with the um, doing nothing, right? Right, you're right. So, I, I agree, but I really... I think it's... Uh, I always, you know, want to defend it and say, try smart, you know, go to SOS, you know, go to... Read Amy Lee Coy's book, read Hank Hayes' book, uh, you know, go to Life Ring and go read on you know what I would recovery. Say, I would say, I, I would, Monica, I'd say do all of those things. But the first thing I would say is, if you really want to stop, don't go anywhere. Look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Believe in yourself. Cut out the bullshit you heard in meetings saying that you can't do it on your own. 
forget step two, forget step one, forget step three, forget all the steps except arguably step nine, which is when you make a mistake, admit to it. And just believe in yourself and get on with it. If you truly want to stop using, you will stop. And that's mm-hmm. why the 5% success rate that AA claimed to have, uh, and I say that on their triennial surveys, is the same as spontaneous remission. Because at the end of the day, people mm-hmm. who want to stop, stop because they want to stop. It's not down to anything else. Right, yeah. right. Um, but, in, but unfortunately within that, there's people who get caught up. And this is why I use the analogy of slavery, because I think the problem is people want to do something. They want to have a program. They want to have some kind of institution to go to. They want meetings to attend. They want a program to follow. They want a rehab to pay. They want to feel like they're doing something. Mm. Actually, all they need to do is stop and and consider what they're actually what their priorities are, what they really want to do. And I and I, I honestly believe this, Monica, at the end of the day, when people walk into an AA meeting and they, they are successful, it's because they've done that prior to walking into that meeting, not right. because they went to that meeting. Right. I think so. I think that um, even with Mary Kennedy, who um, just killed herself, uh, this is, you know, another suicide uh, that just happened really recently, uh, that kind of, you know, uh, she was suffering from depression, um, so she now has to attend meetings in Katona, um, in the same place that her now ex-husband-to-be, um, you know, big uh, Mr. You know, Bobby Kennedy Jr., who's dating a model that he met in meetings, um, I-, I read somewhere, in a small town, and um, I... I could only, this is the part that I, I think is many of us feel, uh, Gunther has said it all the time, but um, I'm really on that page now that it's it's the whole mindset, and it needs to be but small. It needs to be a meeting in downtown by the mission. And even them, you know, I want to go down there and hand out my flyers on uh, in downtown L.A. and say, uh is this helping, you know, to disempower you some more? How do you feel about being told to pick up dry cleaning for somebody in the Pacific Group for free and clean up the dog poo? Oh, right, right, right. You know, right, all right, that right. stuff. But one of the things that I found from Ryan that I want to, um, uh, that he said to me, which I have to read because this is the progress that I feel like I made from leaving. He said, he said more, but I'm just going to read what he said. I noticed you didn't mention this. This is what he said. It was more to the email, but this is all the part that I want to talk about. He said to me in the email, I noticed you didn't mention that I was on the pity pot and needed to go make some stale coffee in an overcrowded church hall that the group pays a meager $14 rent a month to have access to and pretend they care about when they toss their cigarette butts on the premises. On the freaky higher, well, he just goes on, but then he says that's nice for a change. Um, that when he called me and he was upset, uh, I didn't use any AA jargon, and uh, right. you know he had heard that, and I, it felt like it was uh, healing for me because my son at one point was having 
drinking too much, and because of him, I went to meetings that I saw the uh, disgustingness that I was missing in my insulated women's meeting. And because of my son having that problem, um, my eyes were opened, and I saw meetings like I was a brand newcomer, and my life changed forever. And that was really the beginning. It was really before Callie. And what I felt with Ryan, because he's close to my son's age, my son's going to be 22, is I felt a chance to be a healing, like, mom energy where I had made mistakes yeah, and yeah. told my that's own that's child. That's one of the reasons I called, yeah, because I felt as though you were really trying. Sorry, go on. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, but I felt really bad about um, saying things to my son like, um, you know, you have 50% of a chance of being, you know, an alcoholic too because, you know, you're... I had a problem when I was a teen, and, you know, they were, like, looking at me like I was crazy, like, Mom, you haven't never had a drink, in, like, ever in our whole lives, and, you know, what do you mean you're still an alcoholic? But I did say things that were harmful uh, to my son, and but I, I was smart enough that when I had sponsors tell me to ta- take him to rehab, I said, like, fuck you. Like, what are you talking about? Like, doesn't work. I got sober at a time when there was no rehab, and there was, like, only Habilitad, which was a total abusive uh, spin-off of, like, I think, Naranon or Narcanon, you know, back in the 70s. In, Scientology in, in, stuff. Yeah, I, I think, well, yeah. oh, maybe, it, maybe it is. I didn't know Habilitat was a spin-off. Nar- Narcanon is, sign, is, is, is an offshoot of Scientology. It's a bit like mm-hmm. AA is an offshoot of the Oxford group. Well, they used to shave people's heads, and but they didn't believe in, uh, in like, it wasn't uh, God or anything. But it's, that doesn't matter, but what matters is, that I told my son things that were wrong and they were and made it worse for him. But I have you I, told him that? Oh, oh, him? oh, yeah, yeah. We've talked a lot, and and I've you know I apologized you know at least like ten times. But I, I hugged him. I saw him last night, and I told him that Ryan had you know committed suicide, and um, I oh. said thank you so much for drinking too much when you were a teen, and. Uh, being the vehicle that caused me to see um, how fucked up AA is and was, and uh, that's interesting, Monica. Because I tell you, usually that sort of sentiment would come from someone in AA thanking another person for screwing up. But with you, I feel it's genuine. I feel like, you, you, do you know what I mean? You know, like people in AA will do a, they'll do a share and they'll say he made my mistakes for me or whatever. But with you, I think it's because you genuinely feel some kind of proper, real remorse. And yeah. Not actually remorse. I think remorse is the wrong word because I don't think you've made a m- mistake. I think what, you, what you're doing is just thanking your son for being a human being, for being a teenage boy, <laughs> <laughs> for being someone that's growing up, right? Because most people will probably go out and drink you know, that's what they do. Um, right. Yeah, that is what they do. But now I'm not so weird about it. But I, I was sure. thanking him in a way, that I was thanking him because it. when you sit in a meeting, um, that when I wound up at this meeting that was supposed to be a young person's meeting at the Marina Center with my firstborn, who of all of my two sons, I was the last child I would have thought would have had any kind of addictive you know, uh, issues or because he was so grounded as a little boy and so centered and so, you know, really sweet and just kind of, he made me a better person. He was such a cool little kid. And to sit in that scumbag of a disgusting meeting, 
it i i had my eyes opened and i saw what what newcomers saw in in 2000 and it was 4 years ago so let's say in 2008 i saw how people viewed it i no longer saw it like tinted by the nice people i met in hawaii in kailua in 1975 i saw it for what it was today and then what happened is uh you know what i mean it was and when he told me he didn't want to go anymore and he had like 40 days, and he was like, you know, Mom, I, I, I didn't say, you need to. I said, okay, I, I understand. And it was the unraveling that happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I can sort of relate to that because my mother was in, um, uh, she went to a treatment center in the U.K. when I was 15. Mm. And I was forced to attend um, <clears throat> an Al-Anon meeting. Not oh an Alateen, an Al-Anon. Right. So I was 15 and these people were sort of over 18. Right. Um, and I mean, to be honest with you, I think it probably helped me in a way. It taught me a lot. But if I knew at the time I had to attend the meetings for the rest of my life in mm-hmm. order to feel safe, mm-hmm. then it would have it would have really harmed me. But I didn't I didn't click on to that until I ended up in AA myself. Um, but what I would say, uh, Monica, is I think, and I've only really thought. I'm thinking out. I'm thinking out loud now, so I'm not sure if I'm going to make any sense. But mm-hmm. I think what what we need to do is people who are quite um, involved in the movement, trying to change things, is rather than react to AA and NA and react to um, events that have sadly taken place with regards to Ryan and other people, his sister, uh, for example. I think we need to step away from that and try to find a place where we can move forward together that's um, positive and not you know, focused on saying that AA and NA are wrong. I mean, we know they're wrong. And there's people that are doing that, and we can do that on the sidelines. But what I'd like to do is maybe have some kind of offshoot group of people that just support each other. We we don't need to talk about how wrong AA is, but we just need to find out our strengths, you know, find out where we're going and what we can do with with what we're doing. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I I, I think that I think there's Can I just can I qualify that? Can I qualify that by saying I also think it's equally important to continue to challenge AA as a group, but individually we also need to move forward as people, you know, as individuals. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, there's a question that somebody has um to to you and mm-hmm. I want to ask it um it's coming from one of the people in the chat room. Because I think that uh, it's good for people to have different remarks. Um, how do you sure, say? Sure, sure. Okay, here the blogger says, um, "How do you answer people who have? Uh, they say that many people have had their lives saved in AA." How do I answer that? Yeah, I say that's great, fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I I like pork sausages. Most of my friends don't. <laughs> it's a matter of taste, right? My problem is not with people that get well in AA. In mm-hmm. fact, I've had, I have friends that get well in AA. Not a mm-hmm. problem. As long as they don't practice the 12-step too vigorously, which is carrying the message. 
Because if you carry the message too much, then you're going to force it down people's throat to the point that if they don't accept it, you're going to drive them to suicide, for want of a better example, based on this phone call, right? Um, I have no problem with people that get well in AA. None at all. And I will support them until the cows come home. But the the issue is not that. Mm-hmm. So if I if I turn the question around and say to that person that's got well in AA, how do you feel about me getting well out of AA? They'll say they tried everything else, and if it wasn't for AA, they would have died, which is basically saying, I'm going to die, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I won't say that about AA because I, I think, I don't know, to be honest. I just don't know. I can't say that if I had tried, I can't say that AA wouldn't have worked for me at some point because I haven't lived until I died. <laughs> right, so, right, right, right. Um, I think that, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. But what I mean is, you know, I think the most dangerous thing is do the steps or die. Uh, thoroughly follow a path or, you know, you're going to relapse and end up in institutions, jails or death. I think that says it all, really. But there are people in AA that don't say that. There are people in AA that will rubbish that and say, I've done well in AA. If you're okay outside of AA, no problem. Bill Wilson's a bit of a nut. The 12 and 12 was written when he was a bit of a psycho. And I'll accept those people, you know, give right. and take, right? Right, right. Um, I I think that there's a need for two groups. One is um, a trauma group, and Tom Horvath, you know, emailed me and said this, that he does feel like there needs to be some kind of a, um, a catch-all because somebody come to SMART recovery meetings in L.A. traumatized from AA and want to, Sure. Really do. Sure. Uh, they need to. They want to rant. They want to. And it happens. And I was at an SOS meeting. I only went to, I think, one. Right. It was, hey, it was Monica, good. Monica. Monica. Yeah. When I set up Blame Denial, I was furious. I was mm-hmm. angry. I hated everyone in AA. I hated everyone in the world. I hated myself. <laughs> I was furious. That was six years ago. I was. Will- I would have walked out of my door and just, yeah, fine. And slowly, bit by bit. I've got to this point. It's taken a long time. But anyone that's angry with AA, I totally understand. Right, and I would right. never I'd never say you're wrong to be angry. It's just taken me a lot of time to just I mean, I interact with probably six or seven AA members a day by default because of my wow. videos. Wow. And so I under, I kind of understand. But if anyone's angry with AA, I get it. But you know what, though, I have to say that. uh, Yeah, no, I mean, I think that some leave not so angry and others more angry. But Kevin said to me, and that's my husband, that what when I left, he saw how free I felt, and I was really angry last year. But he saw this freedom that I, it was like you know, really that I didn't have to go be of service anymore and be the treasurer and go to those meetings and and save the newbies from you know being thirteen stepped, but. I do think I like to support because Amy is out there in the chat room. Hi, Amy, and we had lunch today, and you know it really helped me. Real, I, I needed to see her. I needed to see her yeah, after. Also, you had quite a traumatic. Yeah, it really felt you know like I needed to connect with a human being, and I'm going to do it. Uh, I did a meetup. I signed up. You have to pay for it's meetup.com, but I did it, and there's going to be a meetup um, of ex steppers in Culver City. I'm going to do it at the Culver Hotel. Um, and I invited Sue to come, and um, I'm gonna. These people are just people that they left me really random. Like, oh, you know, I just got tired of the rhetoric and the dogma. 
but I'm going to do finally what I've been talking about in in a way that I've met none of these people from the blogs. I've met them from just doing a meetup and said this is for people who are harmed by AA or by a person or who just you know have left any of you know the twelve steps and uh, we're going to see what it's like. But I think you're right. I think that the community. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, uh, Monica. Did you say it was Amy that met you for lunch today? Yeah, I met Amy. We hadn't seen yeah, each other. Can I just and... say, Amy, can I give a shout-out to Amy? Because I know that you've had a very difficult day, and I think she probably helped you a lot. So, am I right in saying that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, thank you, Amy. The second thing I will say, if it's okay, is, um, yeah, I think it's important to, to challenge AA a lot. And I, I think I said this the last time I was interviewed on your radio show, and, I, and you know, it was... I, I commend you so much for setting up this show but I would say the most important thing above and beyond anything else above and beyond what AA does wrong what NA does wrong 13th stepping all the rest of it the most important thing is are you okay as an individual i.e. am I doing okay am I getting along am I, am I managing to sort out the problems that brought me to this group because if I can do that and supersede the group then that's the best example I can set to anyone and I think that you're doing that and I hope that I'm doing it but oh I'm my god yeah things. you helped him in your videos um, you and uh, Mike right Mike Mike yeah and um, uh, that those videos were one of the first things that I found along with Orange um, but I kept saying who are these guys show your face Get it, let's let's you know like let's see you you know what I mean I wanted to well uh, if you're if you're quite clever you can actually see my face in uh, some of the videos but okay yeah that is your face isn't <laughs> but it Monica you get my point though yeah I do we, we've got to look after ourselves first because it's it, it's very empowering to attack and I think it's important that we do attack AA because AA is fundamentally ineffective mm-hmm. but if we do that and ignore ourselves then we're we're headed for a world of pain. That, that's that's what I'm concerned about, and I, I'm not concerned about that with you. I'm not even concerned about it with most of your listeners, but I'm just concerned about it, perhaps with maybe a handful of your listeners. Um, for example, I don't know Ryan. You know, he he was obviously in a lot of trouble, and I I, I would I don't know what what he was going through. And I, I'm not saying that we could have helped him because I think, that, or you could have helped him because I think his problems were beyond that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was really in a, in a lot of... I mean, I've really reflected since I read that message that you posted on my video. Mm-hmm. And the reflection that his his life has provided me... And, I mean, I'm someone that, as I say, you know, I've made, what, 100 videos and a website that's had over 2 million views. And that one post about Ryan has had more impact on me than anything else that has been sent to me. Wow. Um, Carolyn just posted, I love the videos, they helped so much. And she, she saw your face. Carolyn? Hi, Carolyn. Yeah, oh, Carolyn. So much. <laughs> Carolyn Thank Kay you, from, from uh, the South, the Southwest, um, who, a uh, serious, uh, serious fighter like myself, uh, one of the things that somebody sent me was um, the seven, the 12 Rules of Radicals, uh, a blogger that I met. Um, live and die free, and how to uh, 
go after judges who are you know sending there's all kinds of great ideas of attacking and you know changing things as they are one of the things the ju- that judges I, sending sending um people to aa well that that's a good course of action because that's an, that's um interaction between church and state which mm-hmm. i think is a very plausible thing to challenge yeah it's um, it's a powerful thing that we could do and you know to sort of make a plan of uh how we can each do this in our own city i think that everybody can pick one judge and either send a letter and you know whether you go down to your courthouse or not but if it, I, it has if to I be challenged you, yeah monica mm-hmm. if i ask you straight up and i'm not i'm not trying to be difficult <laughs> i'm just asking you straight up because you know i'm a brit right do you really think that that's going to make a difference i'm not saying it won't but do you think that that will make a difference i think um media will I think um I agree with that. Yes, I definitely agree that media will. I think, think that my film I'm not the only one making a film. There's a man that I heard is making one to expose the rehab and treatments and he's a guy like me who's who's got over 30 years who's left AA very pissed off about what's going on in rehab. I think that um every person if we educate, I mean Amy and I talked about this that education. I gave a talk at my PTA and now they've called they emailed me and they want me to be a part of a focus group, like another group that's about prevention. And I really hit it over the head. Uh, you know, I really told it like it was. And um, I think that when I went to the police last week because of the harassment I had on Orange Papers Forum, that we, I, I used that time once I found out that it was a civil issue and not criminal yet, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, sure. But I, you know, I think, Monica, I think your passion, your passion, will be the thing that makes a difference. I don't think it will be a letter to a judge. Uh, I think it will just be your constant desire to put this out there. For example, this radio show tonight. Mm-hmm. The, the the attempts to write to judges, but judges aren't going to listen, I don't think. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you probably know that in your heart of hearts, but you will try, right? Right. I, well, I, yeah, I know one from Santa Maria. I'm going to try, but I'm going to try to get in front in front of their faces, you know, in downtown or. It will get in front of their faces. That will make a difference. Mm-hmm. Judges can't judge faces. <laughs> they find it very difficult, <laughs> particularly um, if they're um, corporate judges. <laughs> you just yeah. said the oh, the Ohio Supreme Court sends errant lawyers to AA. A is a cult. Yeah, it's a cult. It is a cult. No, you know what? Seriously, this is a this is a very serious issue for the courts to be sending people to AA. Right. This, I think personally, more than if someone goes to an AA meeting and they rape someone, that's a terrible thing to happen. Right. It really is, and right. I'm I'm absolutely. I mean, it tears my heart apart because I know someone it happened to. Mm-hmm. But for the wider public, the most important thing for them because they're not able to feel that sentiment, is when a judge sends um, someone that should have been sentenced or given a custodial sentence to an AA meeting or to AA meetings as part of their parole. To me, that is powerful. Because what they're saying is you're, you're mingling potential murderers, rapists, with mm-hmm. people who've had to, have had a couple of... T- too much to drink whilst driving. You know, the separation is huge. 
So how do we, I mean, do I have to hire a lawyer to, I mean, we can, you can go after judges for doing that. Somebody that's well, they're, they're free, to, they're free really, aren't they? They're free to do it. I think, I think the way to do it would be firstly to step back and get some statistics, find out who, you know, what the, the rate is for um, the average offender to be sent to AA and, and what, you know, if it's, um, I don't know, attempted murder, right? And then mm-hmm. murder and then mm-hmm. uh, assault and battery or whatever, right? And then as far down as domestic violence and find out what judge, you know, what the rate of sentencing is. And if Because I think if, if a judge sentences someone to AA, then that is a sentence because they have to go, right? I have to check with the law, but I think if they don't adhere to that, then they are in breach of their parole, and therefore they would be given a custodial sentence. But I can't confirm that on on this phone call. But I think we need to get some kind of statistics. And if you we know, can, yeah, I, no, I, I think so. I, I when I was in front of this police officer at LAPD, who is an officer for 16 years, and you know he was an African American guy and. Um, he was so so nice, but he his eyes were. He, and you know, he said every day he sees the worst. But he was really shocked, and he was really listening. And he said, "Wow, when um, you know, when people go in and take it advantage, but uh, you know, of other people, he was he couldn't believe what you know all that I was telling him. But he did believe it. You could really see he was taking it in. And then when I left, had he had a, Kevin and I left, he had a very different perspective of what was going on in AA meetings." But I was given a link by Live and Die Free. So if anybody who's listening who wants this link, and it's it's the 12 rules for radicals, but then there's a link in the paper that talks about how to make judges accountable and see what they're doing. But I, I, it is my intention. Well, that sounds great. That it sounds is my, great. yes, I'm going to share this up on, I guess I should put it up on Leaving AA. I'm going to put it up as a main post so everybody can find it. To get in front of a judge, I think the best thing is to get a picture of Thomas, Keeper's son, and put it on a flyer, and then we go outside a courthouse, or and we, I mean, I'm obviously in L.A., so I could either go downtown L.A., or I could go into court in Santa Monica, or at the airport court, and, and, and hear a judge do it, and then get in front of his face somewhere, you know what I mean? And yeah, so without, without making a joke of it, getting in front of a judge for most of us probably is something <laughs> we would probably try to afford. <laughs> I've got a few tactics, though. I, I'm pretty sure I could get in front of the judge if I needed to. Well, you know I what I have? Listen, a, a, a comedic note, this is my, my little, my comic strip, is taking a judge by the ear, you know, right, and, dra- right. and dragging him, tell him to take off the robe and put on a cap and a T-shirt and some jeans and grabbing him by the ear and sitting his ass and say, oh, and by the way, do you have teenage daughters? Oh, good, bring them with you. And then we're going to sit oh, his ass. Oh, well, that's quite serious, yeah. At, at, in the Marina Center, and say, now I want you to bring your daughters and leave them here um, for the eleven o'clock meeting and the um, eight o'clock meeting. On yeah, but that's actually minutes. quite a good idea. That's quite a good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they wouldn't after about fifteen that's right. minutes. After their cup of coffee and a few biscuits and being smoked out of their nut because they've had too many um, vicarious, uh, you know, cigarette smoke 
But I know we're en- we're about to end, and I was I know just, I can't believe like, this. I was I, I should have made it an hour show. We have a minute and a half left. Um, you know, Carolyn said here. I want to just tell you, she wrote that two of the guys that sexually assaulted her at her old AA meetings were felons, unknown to her. And uh, if you go on to nadetona.org, um, Anta, they're they're collecting all the, the latest stories in somebody. But I want to thank you so much for uh, for calling in and um, and everybody. Was that Carolyn? For, was that Carolyn? Sorry. What's that? Did you say that was Carolyn that left the message? Yeah, Ca- Carolyn said that, and I feel. Um, yeah, can I just say that I'm really sorry to hear about that. That's I just really wanted to communicate that before we run out of time. <laughs> I know we're going to run out of time. I'm so bummed out I didn't make the show longer, but I appreciate it. I want to just say that uh, anyone who, whether you pray or not, if you pray or chant, um, Ryan it does need it. Um, I do believe it helps him on the other side and uh, his father and his their family. And for Sarah, that is his mm-hmm. sister who passed, and um, we're going to do a show again next week, and we'll talk uh, through email and see if we can have you on a show. We'll do another one um, really soon. Uh, yeah, Monica, I think you've done really well tonight. I think you've done really well since you started up 13th Step in an AA, and I think it must have been a very difficult show for you given the situation with Ryan. But I'd also like to make sure that Ryan remains the focus, and I'm sure you would too. Yes. And I think that what he said on the show when he appeared was so moving and really touched me, and um, that's why I've stayed up until 1 o'clock tonight, and you know, I really wanted to make sure that he's remembered because... Him and his sister are a little testament to what AA can do to people. Yeah, yeah, they really were. I wonder, I'm going to just ask, even though it's not recording anymore. Are we offline um, now? Yeah, we're, uh, let me see. Can you, I'm going to just, uh, in the chat room, can you still hear us or has it gone out? Like once the time runs out, I don't know if, um, I know the show will not be recording uh, anymore, but um, let me just ask them, okay, can you still hear us and see what they say? Um, but anyway, um, I'm going to let you go. I know you're going to go to sleep. And, uh, and let's no, it was shoot. a good show. I, I, mean, I don't know whether how much I can add if we did another show. But no, they, they they're all typing no. They can't hear us anymore. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to get off the phone. And I want to thank you so much for calling in. And um, but, uh, if you, you said you wanted to have me on a, another show, I'm not sure how much I can add to that really. But if you think that you would like to have me on, just send me an email and I'll just show up any time. Okay, that no, was good talking with you. You've, okay. Yeah, we'll have a good show. I thought it was a good show. I don't know. What did you Thank think? you. So did I. I mean... Okay. No, okay, take care. Bye-bye. Yes, bye. Thank you so much. Bye.